0: For all of you who listen to Mac Second Floor Studios Presents, Submersion, and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackey's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 42. Woo! And, oh my gosh. Oh, is it ch- is it chilly? It's a little chilly in here. <laughs> oh, gosh, Brahm, it's a little chilly out here.
1: Never meant to be so cold, never meant to be. What I really meant to say is I'm sorry that- for oh. the way I am.
2: I didn't know. It was gonna, was that, now it's over?
1: That's over. Wow. It, it is officially Cold War Month. <laughs> Woo. You better be able to record that and uh, not make me do that every week. <laughs> no, we'll record
2: it and we'll play it.
1: Okay. We want to see Sound how you effect. progress week to week. Right. So it was pretty incredible. <laughs>
2: By the end, you're like a professional singer. Mm-hmm. Or you've blown out your, uh, your yeah. voice box or whatever. You're
0: either going to be on television competing on one of those shows or... Just a guy in a bar telling a story about how he used to sing on a podcast, and uh, I got to be the nobody most. Nobody appreciated
1: it. I'm the most tone-deaf per person I've like probably ever met. Like,
2: no, that's great. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, well, you got to tell. Thank,
1: thank you. Appreciate it. First time I've ever heard that.
2: Well, anyways, it is Cold War <laughs> month. We've we've progressed from uh, what was the one before World War Two, two-time two-time World War Two champ. Yeah, in we World had War that. And and Japanese then, uh, Movie Month. Then we did, a in, movie month. And we did the in-between. We did Hunter Killer as kind of a live transition yes. to Cold War. And it's been a little while since the last time we did a Cold War, obviously. Um, and so, yeah. Here I, we are. It's pretty exciting to get into these strategic kind of stalemates, a lot of stalemates. Less, probably less torpedoes, less, um, uh, you know, maybe not less fires and leaks and stuff if someone's chased... Like, we right. out in crush depth, but like, more tension, more tension, and a lot of standoffs, and definitely cl- just generally colder, fr- more frigid. It is, yeah, yeah, which actually is true for this movie. This is, a, this is a cold
1: one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. Greenland, right?
2: Greenland, yeah, yes. it is.
0: Yeah. yeah, and who doesn't know what movie takes place off the coast of Greenland with subs? Yeah, everyone knows that one, mm-hmm. but just in case they don't, Brom, what did <gasps> dive, we watch? Dive, oh. dive, 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 dive,
1: dive, <laughs> dive. <laughs>
2: Shoot Ooga, <laughs> ooga! All right There we go Dive, dive, <laughs> dive, dive, dive
0: uh, it's it's a never ram- t- Good things take time Yeah, it's a ramshackle production over here Yeah, it is What began as an innocent conversation among friends Would soon spiral out of control And later be referred to by future generations As the eighth wonder of the modern world Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains. Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle L. Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion.
1: All right, <laughs> Brahm, what did we watch this week? Uh, we watched 1965's The Bedford Incident.
0: Oh yes, we did, and I thought at this time in our lives—I mean, I wasn't born yet, I guess—but in in cinema history, I thought we'd be like done with black and white movies.
2: You would think, although this came out only a year after Doctor Strangelove, another World a uh, Cold War film, and it was also black and white. Ooh. So I think it was kind of that in between time of people choosing to do their black and white. I mean, like yes, Woody more Allen, more artistic. Met, Met Woody Allen had Manhattan, and that was all black and white. Mm. That kind of stuff. So, I mean, some Between. people
0: still do it today. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's what it is. Anyway, like Brown yeah. mentioned, a 1965 submarine film stars Richard sort Widmark. Yeah. 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 Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> ish. yeah, yeah submarine-ish film. Uh, I loosely use that term with this movie. Uh, stars Richard Widmark as Captain Aaron Finlander. And his name was spelled E-R-I-N. Mm-hmm. Interesting uh, Sidney Portier as I probably didn't say that right, did I? What? Portier? Poitier? Oh, yeah, okay no, As Ben Munsford James MacArthur As Ensign Ralston And Martin Balsam As Lieutenant Commander Chester
2: Potter MD Nice Yeah, and we also had Wally Cox As our Ooh. respectable nerd uh, sonar guy And talk about nerd <laughs> Yeah He's <laughs> like, no. That was his kind of his a shtick right yeah. then. That was his like character. Um, he was actually a really interesting person if you read about him, because he was like literally best friends with Marlon Brando. That and, guy was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marlon Brando said, like, if I was born a woman, like we would have been married a long time ago and would have lived a happy life together. Like they were like That's super. Surreal. They were like extra super bros. So this the, is like the torpedo run bromance, but real life. Right. So Marlon Brando and him and another guy. All the, they had their ashes all mixed together and scattered together. Wow. That sounds like a... That sounds like it needs triangle. to be the three of us. I oh, know. Yeah, I was going to say. So that's all agreed, right? hmm Agreed. I think so.
0: Yeah. Does that mean... Oh, man.
2: Let's do it tomorrow. Sounds good. Let's do it. Cool. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this film. How about that one? Do we have any we more? Do we it. have anything else? I don't think we... Uh- Directed by James Harris. Yeah, that was about it. I mean, he was. I actually really enjoyed the directing in this, and I was surprised to see that he didn't have too many other films that he actually directed. He was a famous producer, though. He did, he produced on a lot of, um, oh my god, Kubrick films. So he he produced a lot of the Kubrick films and left actually right before Kubrick went and worked on uh, Doctor Strangelove. Even really, they kind of have similar plots and stuff like that. So Interesting. it makes one wonder whether they started working on this or or maybe they just shared a lot of interest. So then they went off and made their own projects, uh, kind of along a similar vein. They could have, yeah. All right, All let's right. dive into this. So we open, uh, as we've mentioned, uh, off the coast of Greenland in the Greenland Gap, or what they call it, Greenland Strait, or whatever. Go for it, whatever. Yeah, the GIUK Gap near the Greenland coast. Anyways, uh, and we see a helicopter approaching and dropping off two people onto this uh, destroyer. Right, It was a destroyer? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, called the Bedford. And uh, we see – it turns out to be this one guy who's a doctor. So, it's a new doctor for the boat. I don't know what – happened. What did, they, did they mention what happened to the old doctor?
0: Uh, the captain probably killed him.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, considering what happens in this film, yeah, that's likely. <laughs> <laughs> Just murdered him. Uh, and then we have a photographer, someone from a newspaper, played by Sidney Portier, who's there to kind of document for his he's, – he's supposed to be seeming, seemingly very famous – yeah, he's a um, famous writer and correspondent and, and like, photojournalist. Kind he
0: of, he is very interested in the Bedford and the Captain.
2: Right, in particular, it turns like I think the Captain assumed when he was coming on there that he was more generally interested in the Cold War and kind of like the uh, activities of the Navy in the Cold War. But it, he kind of we come to learn that he's much more interested in the Captain himself mm-hmm. for a very, very particular reason. But we find that out a little bit later. Yeah, and it. anyways.
0: Here in the movie, they keep referencing when they landed how rough the waters were. Right, didn't really look that rough. Really, I didn't think so.
2: Oh. I th- I, th- I thought it looked like I would prefer to be inside on a couch.
0: Well, drink some
2: cocoa. Whatever. Right. Anyways. Okay. So, anyways,
0: um, <laughs> one of the guys. It's kind of weird here because it is so rough, and they're you know falling all over. They uh want to take the new doctor to this lab. Yep. And they say, Sydney or Ben Munsford, you must stay here. You can't leave.
2: Yeah. We're in wartime scenario. Yeah, we're in general quarters. So right. we're So he had he yeah. had to
0: stay there. They take the doctor to the lab and uh they got some uh nerd alerts in there. Super s- nerd alerts.
2: Studying. The, did you notice one of them was Donald Sutherland? Like oh, this really? actor Donald Are Sutherland. Are you
1: serious? Yeah, one of those nerds who's Sutherland? Sutherland. Sutherland's one of dad. Old-
2: yeah, Kiefer Sutherland's dad, the one and only.
1: Alex got a picture oh. with him. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: he well, did. there we go. Well, Kiefer or Donald?
2: Donald? Donald. Oh, okay. Wow, so there we go. He had a direct connection. He was in Bowling Green. Day. I was like, wait, is that Donald Sutherland? Yeah, it's one of his early roles. Yeah, there you go.
1: It's, uh, yeah. anyway, it's going to be of easy uh, Phantom Zone for you tonight. Oh,
2: it would have been really easy. That's actually off the top of my head. I was like, oh, he was in <laughs> Beerfest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I used that one before. Yeah, um, so anyways, they are analyzing – What they first – well, something they scooped off the uh, top of the ocean, and they first thought it was seaweed. Well, no. He's like, guess what it is. And the doctor's like, seaweed. And he's like, no, no, no. It's garbage. And uh, it's a straight garbage. And they're going through this analysis of – and you you can kind of pick it up, especially after having watched all these submarine films. Like, oh, they picked up some garbage off of a submarine. And they are trying to kind of track and make sure that they are following what they think they're following. Mm-hmm. So they find out that, you know, they do all these super duper duper extra technical uh, techniques, scientific techniques, in order just to find out that they uh, that it's definitely from a Russian submarine because they have really it's high red quality cabbage. Yeah,
0: red cabbage and oil. And Yeah, it's yeah. funny because they're like, uh, we just ran the analysis. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's hydrogenated. Yes, yeah. it is. It's totally hydrogenated. Right. He's like, what are you talking about? The oil, duh. That's what they use to cook the red cabbage in.
2: Yeah. So they are super psyched because this means they are indeed on the trail of a Russian submarine. And they're actually getting pretty close. Like, because of the Arctic Ocean, it, it doesn't decay so much. So it's been in the ocean for 36 hours. But that means they're pretty close. I mean, they've yeah. they've, they've gotten closer and closer to the submarine. So they're not that far off and uh, are seemingly going to head and, and find it pretty soon. Or
0: whatever. Yep. yeah. And then we're introduced to our captain... Who is a total dick. Uh,
2: A dick and a straight-up crazy person. Like, almost immediately, I'm like, this dude's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you can tell. And the whole whole idea of the movie in the end is that he he commands this boat as if it's wartime, right? Mm -hmm. And he's following these submarines, but there is this question of what would happen if he actually found and cornered one of them. Because it becomes clear that he's basically putting everyone on edge at all times as if there was about to be a nuclear war. Oh and yeah. This is what basically the doctor, Sidney Portier, eventually even this German U-boat captain that you're introduced to, who's kind of f- helping them track yeah. these because he used to be on the other side, now he's on their side, uh slowly become more and more alarmed at the fact that everyone on the boat is always on like high alert general quarters, like ready to blast things yeah. out of the ocean. And it's all because he's like a straight, he's like a crazy person ready to blow stuff mm-hmm. up. But- He claims it's not, but that's really- But he kind of is.
0: Uh, they are tracking submarines in uh, the Denmark Strait. Yes. Yeah. And one of the ones that they are particularly interested in is called Big Red. Right. And it has nuc- thermonuclear torpedoes. Right. Talk about awesome.
2: Yeah. And so they, one of the things they've done is they've tracked this, the submarine around, but they've also tracked its handler, which are these fishing boats- And they're able to pinpoint which of the fishing boats was its handler by like messages that were being sent. Mm Because he's kind of like put together this crew to be able to be like always running at at the fullest gear. So he has like six people on board who can speak Russian to decode everything and listen on and stuff and send messages and all kinds of stuff. And then also everyone seemingly can do everyone else's job. That was another thing. That was why when the doctor came on boat, the captain was like super pissed. He's like, I don't want you here. We don't need a doctor. Right. No one gets sick. No one ever needs your help. What we do need is read these new things. You've been out of the Navy forever. Read these books because you need to learn how to submarine so you can actually do something useful, like jump on the sonar or some shit. Whatever.
0: Well, it was funny because uh, he said, how long have you been out of the Navy? He's like, well, I wouldn't call being in the reserves for 20 years out of the Navy. He's like, I would.
2: Right. <laughs> like, he's a dick. Oh, Straight up man. Dick. He's, more, he's basically like you running this podcast. Yeah. Like a total oh, yeah. dick. hmm Yeah. Fuck you.
0: Basically, so anyways, we do we cut down, and we see that the doctor is he's getting introduced to some of this stuff. Um, it's kind of rough because he's down there waiting for sick call, and nobody comes down for sick call, right, except for the former U-boat captain, because oh, yeah. guess what he gets? He gets a prescription
2: for snaps. And He's like, "Oh, I've been getting this prescription forever." He's <laughs> yeah. like, "What? Can I get that prescription? That's great." He's like, "Oh, we're gonna have a run on. If I give you this prescription, we'll just have a run on it by everyone else in the boat." And they're like, "No, everyone else in the boat is too disciplined." But this U boat captain needs schnapps. Get out of here.
0: Yeah. Yep. So he eventually gets him his liquor.
2: Oh, and I should I should mention right off the right off the bat that I will not be really making any dick jokes because. This captain had to stick out the whole time, so it's not even noticeable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, I'm ready to torpedo things right now. Like, I can tell. Yeah. You went from six to midnight when we talked about the torpedo. You've been erect for the last five or six hours. Yeah. Yeah. You should see a doctor. But he doesn't like doctors. so He's not going to go see one. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, these are all real things. <laughs>
0: um, they make a great, you know, great film.
2: Yeah. Uh, so what ne- What happens next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting. All right. So,
0: anyways, the uh Sydney Portier, you you kind of see a captain not liking what he's doing. Yeah. No, because he's yeah. going around taking photos. He's like, hey.
2: Put that GD camera down, USOB. Right. And he's like led into the bridge by one of the other commanders. But he's like, get out of here. This is not a time for you to be in here. Mm-hmm. And he it's it's weird because every once in a while, like their dynamic changes throughout. Like at certain points, he's like, yeah, come on in. You should definitely be seeing this. And other times he's like, get out of here. I'm not like interested in yeah. having you around. He
0: is really, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it, man. He's got these wildly different personalities. Yeah. But uh, anyways- All of a sudden, we start picking up transmissions from Russian subs, or we don't know what, but Russian transmissions. And all of a sudden, the captain knows, he just knows, that this is Big Red. Yep. And they're up so far north that they're going to try to uh, use the ice to mask their movements so that they won't be able to track them. So, there's also this guy (laughs) who kind of gives a suggestion. Captain asks for a suggestion. He says, how are we going to corner these guys well, the guy says, I think they'd be running about a kilometer off the coast of Greenland yeah. where it's deep enough. And we should stay, you know, what, like three kilometers out or something like that. But, you know, he kind of is a total dick about it. But although the guy's right, he yeah. says, You're right, but fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy. It's, it's like
2: the young, yeah, the, the young sub commander or whatever, mm-hmm. or the, not the XO, but the uh, other guy on the on the boat.
0: And one of his guys who might be the XO, they I think really the XO. clearly uh, sure the XO, yeah. designate him. <laughs> He's talking to him. He's like, hey, you know, you're a little hard on that you guy. You have to go easy on him, yeah. And the captain says, it's a lot of work being a mean bastard. And the other guy says... Sometimes i can't help admire how effortlessly you do it, Captain. <laughs> almost as if it came naturally, yeah, and so Stir- he stares
1: daggers at him
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was not fond of that phrase, <laughs> yeah, and it was uh this actually became super this becomes super duper important uh, not only do we see him kind of put everyone at at serious levels of exhaustion and stuff like that, but this yeah. guy in particular is put on such edge for being not only being exhausted later on but never having any. Kind of reinforcement, positive reinforcement, only negative, 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 negative. Yeah. So he is like super tense, super extra, extra duper tense. Oh, everybody is. Everyone's super tense. And we even get that from the doctor later when he kind of talks to the the captain again and is kind of like, I know you don't want me around. I know I'm not like useful to you, but there's so much tension right here. Not only are you running it kind of like crazy with this hostility, but there's no women here, no one is playing cards. No one's doing anything fun. They're always on high alert all the time. Yeah. And he kind of suggests some exercises and stuff to relax. <laughs> this and is kind of funny. This is when the captain's like, get the fuck out of here. Get, the, yeah. get out of my face. I don't well, want to hear this bullshit.
0: He showed him these isometric yeah. exercises. Yeah, a little like, weird. He's like, grab, release, grab, release, grab, release, yeah. And he's just like doing it like over and over. And he's like. Mm, ah, rah,
2: rah. And yeah, it's like, weird. What am I watching yeah, here? I don't, I don't want to see that. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Took
0: his shirt off, started doing it. Right. Uh. Good lord. Right. That's and, the only time you see the captain go to half staff. Right. He's like no thanks.
2: Um and we also see uh the Sydney Portier get his character M- Munsford, uh get f- uh, further and further kind of um I don't know. He he's looked at more and more poorly by the, on by the captain. And eventually the ca- he kind of like can I finally get like an interview with you? and he kind of reveals to the captain that he wasn't particularly interested in the boat at all. He's not he's not particularly interested in, in any of that. What he was interested mm-hmm. in was the fact that the captain, Finlander, was passed over for rear admiral even though he was quite qualified for the position specifically after I think would be the Cuban missile crisis, right? And so yep. the incident in Cuba where he was one of the only people vocally antagonistic towards the government and how they handled that situation. Yeah. And so he wanted to see what was going on with this new this guy who had been seemingly snubbed by the rest of the government. Is is he? How is he acting? And of course, he comes onto this boat and finds him acting like crazy, erratically. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, weird. No like, wonder he got passed over. Yeah. This guy's nuts. Yeah. So they're following the submarine, and but happens. something happens. Yeah.
0: All of a sudden, a UFO appears. And what is it? It's a weather
2: balloon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But there are no surface vessels. I was vessels. like, wait a second. Where is this joke, <laughs> this is going a joke? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the worst I know joke this on isn't ever. real, so where is this going? Yeah. No, it is.
0: Yeah. No, there actually is a UFO. <laughs> so there's no surface vessels around that could have released it. So it must have been the submarine. Right. So then they lock on. They say, all right, we know what's going on. We know where it is, yeah. Captain... This is the only time you like start to see this guy excited. He is ready to go. Yeah, he's, he's ready, ready like, to shoot. Oh some,
2: boy, he's ready to shoot some missiles. Mm-hmm. He he would say he's not ready to shoot some missiles, but everyone yeah. else realizes like no, this guy's ready to blow some shit up. Yeah, and yeah, they go they go to the coast and they actually glimpse the submarine at this point. Yeah, uh, they see it. They also see a Russian boat, which is I guess is like the handler. They see the Russian like fishing boat or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they they actually see the submarine above the surface for a second with a snorkel above the surface, and they kind of chase it below the surface and start trailing the submarine (laughs) with the sonar. But this was really funny here because
0: when this drill happened, uh, Sydney Portier was in the shower in the middle of it, and it shuts off the water, and it just cuts over. You see him just absolutely covered in soap suds, super sudsed up. So I mean, like more than I mean, it's all over his face and like his eyes. Nobody bathes like that. It's literally all over everywhere yeah and uh (laughs) captain even says oh man you just missed the uh you just missed the russian sub it was absolutely breathtaking seeing that (laughs) soviet sub violating international waters." he's really (laughs) like but don't worry the official photographer got a snap i'm sure you could use some of his negatives yeah (laughs) like what a dick
2: yeah So funny. And so they they shoot off a quick, quick message to the United States and they're like, hey, we got the Soviet sub. Like, let's fuck them up. Right. And they get the message back basically like, hold off. Like, just track them. Yeah. Just track them. Try to get them. Basically, the idea is just to get them out of that, get them out of there, cool off the tensions, like what you'd think would be the case. Right. They're in there. They're violating something. Chase them away. Show them who, who, what's what. Show them who's in charge and get them out of there. But like, Otherwise, you're not going to start a nuclear war over being in the Greenland or the Denmark Strait. Like, and you see every molecule of happiness sucked from the captain's face at this point. Yeah, still had an erection because he was ready to blow something up. But yeah, yeah. He, otherwise, he's very unhappy. It was a very sad boner. Yes, extremely sad boner. And but they so they they continue to track. They're like whatever, we'll continue to track. And the sonar guy is kind of tracking them along, tracking them along. And the eventually the sub because one of the things is that the sub because it's not a nuclear sub it needs to surface right. and kind of vent and get fresh air and they're not they're not really allowing that mm-hmm. I, the sub I think for obviously obvious reasons doesn't want to come to the surface with the, their, that boat around them oh definitely um, and so they're kind of staying under so they they try to lose the American boat by going into like an ice field and they figure that this the sub has what, 18 hours, something like that it can stay under? Yeah, I think it was something like that. There was 18, but then you, obviously we see it stay much longer. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I mean, that's, come on, that's got to happen. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, they go into an ice field uh, and they're trying to slip away. And the ship's not sure, our battleship is not sure if the sub... Is going to be able to go underneath the iceberg and get away from them. If they're going to be able to corner them, yeah. There's
2: some really huge ones, so they're not even sure the submarine could go deep enough to get under like certain icebergs and stuff like that. Yeah. So eventually, they get into a spot where they they seem like maybe they've lost the submarine. They kind of lose them in the ice, and it's either, either the submarine is right in that area and they can just sit there, or it got to the other side of the iceberg. In which case, they're going to have to get like super duper extra lucky, right, to be able to see it. So. They shoot off some flares. They can't see anything. They wait until morning thinking, okay, well, it'll surface in the morning, and they don't see anything, and then they kind of just like move off. And this became a little confusing exactly what happened because they mm-hmm. move into open sea. Clearly, there's no icebergs around anymore. Yep. move into the open sea. Eventually, they get a – and they they pass out of international water – or out of the Denmark uh, – yeah, the uh, Greenland territory into open international waters. Yeah. And so now, even, the submarine's not even in violation. Even if they found it, the submarine would no longer be in violation of anything. Mm-hmm. And so they're out there, and eventually the U boat captain's like to the to the captain Finlander is like, give it up. A- I mean, it's just we've lost you've lost them. Like it's fine, and mm-hmm. so they kind of turn around, but all of a sudden, there's a sub there's a submarine. Oh yeah, they did find I it. did I miss anything? I think that was all this. No, I mean events. that's yeah.
0: that's about yeah. it. The captain even says. Really, nothing good will come from this obsession. Right, Something yeah. along those lines. It's basically Moby Dick at this uh, point. Is that a little foreshadowing? Mm, maybe. Yeah.
2: So it's it's a little it's definitely gets you get them getting the sense of Moby Dick at this point. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we even see the subsurface. Right, right near them. Yeah. So that's so they get really lucky, as he said, like you'd have to get really lucky to find them again. Oh, they get lucky. Yeah. And it, tur- it turned out, I guess what they kind of explained is it turned out that inadvertently they were still tracking the sub. They didn't know it, but just by best guesses, mm-hmm. they had kind of tracked along and the sub still hadn't been able to surface. And so seeing them moving away, the submarine takes its chance and comes up.
0: Yeah. And it's just trying to, it uh, puts the periscope up because it wants to check out what's going on. Yeah. And then it quickly dives again. So yeah, it, it didn't even again. have time to get any air, anything like that. No air. It's just like, oh my gosh. And at this point, Captain is off the rails. He's going wild. And Sidney Potier, like a little uh, detective,
2: starts recording in secret. Right. He's like, I'm going to bust this guy. Yeah. For being wild. Yeah. So they're, they're, still tr- <laughs> they're still tracking people. At one point, the sonar guy, they're, they're tracking the submarine. The sonar guy falls down in exhaustion like he can't even like find an, or do anything anymore yeah. and the doctor has to come up and be like this guy needs to be sedated he needs to get some sleep and basically the captain's like fuck you i'm the captain and he's like oh that's right you are the captain so i'm not going to sedate this guy sorry oh <laughs> but dude he, he, it's not that calm doc blows up on oh, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, doc, the doc's going crazy but like eventually he relents fine i'm not mm-hmm. going to sedate this I'm not going to sedate him, even though it's obvious the guy can't do his job. Right. But he wants him back stat. He wants him back on that sonar. As soon as he can. And everyone's now yelling at the captain like,
0: dude, this is nuts. (laughs) Yeah,
2: calm down. Like the U boat captain's like seriously concerned at this point. Sydney Portier has always been concerned (laughs) about this guy at this point. Rightfully so. And they're just, they're at that point kind of afraid what would happen if they did find the submarine, what's going to actually happen. Yeah. And what happens? Well, all right. So it comes up and- It surfaces because it has to. It has has to They have have no air. Captain has one of the
0: translators come up and they send a message that's like, if you don't answer our question or our response, our message, sorry, what am I even saying? If you don't answer
2: our message, we're going to blow you up.
0: Right. I mean, we're going to have to consider you
2: hostile. I did like this part because they were kind of like shooting out this message. Mm -hmm. And then they did like from the outside. And there's like... (laughs)
0: I'm
2: like, how is the submarine even? But I think it was
0: an underwater message. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So you couldn't understand (laughs) anyway. Uh, So the sub obviously does not respond. No. And... The Captain says, "Well, guess what? We're going to run the
2: ship right at that snorkel." Yeah, so and it's, it's there's no, there's no way we could possibly hit it. That's like the unilateral. It's like a unilateral decision to fuck up the submarine. And oh, everyone's yeah. like, "Uh, those are human beings on that submarine." And he's like, "We're not even. No, really, they're not. We're not really going to hit it. Wink, wink, <laughs> shrink, 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 shrink. Yeah, and they run right over the snorkel." Oh. <laughs> And they so absolutely hit it. They basically they're gonna for, now they're definitely gonna force the submarine to come to the surface because mm-hmm. they can't it doesn't even have a snorkel anymore. They just ran on top of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so,
2: <laughs> captain's losing his mind. He Straight says up. he's got this guy. He says arm the warheads. Arm the warheads. Although this part is super pretty real unrealistic, right? Because like. Arming warheads isn't a matter of being like, arm those warheads, and one person's like, mm-hmm. boom, Boop. warheads. I like, don't know.
0: Was it back then?
2: It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was always several keys by several yeah. people all at once would have to turn. Like, it, the captain in particular, it's always been a case where our captain, the captain would have been, had to turn yeah. the key kind of stuff. So, like, it never could happen how it is here. But anyways, they arm these nukes, this nuke.
0: And everybody's like, Captain, what are you doing? Yeah. He says, don't worry.
1: Can I, I to be. Yeah, say it. Yeah. Says, well. If they fire one, I'll fire one. Fire
2: one. Click. That's
1: what the guy does. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, and the, he, it's the same young guy who is like on edge because he never got any positive reinforcement. Yeah. Right? And then everybody's super tired. Yeah, it's like millennial culture, right? Everyone needs to get a trophy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I never got one. Oh, I guess I'll just fire a nuclear missile yeah. at, um, you know, without confirmation.
2: Right. Yeah, Should have given him like a trophy. The, Particip- <laughs> participation trophy for soccer. <laughs> and- Everyone on the bridge is just like, what the fuck? Just and they happened? run over and they try to disarm it, but they're like, "Did we disarm it?" Like, we're pretty sure we disarmed it, and they just shake it their head like we didn't disarm it. Yeah, and then you <laughs> see it explode, and you're like, "They just killed that submarine." Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh wait,
0: no, they didn't. Because what do we got coming
2: through the wall? Well, they did, they killed the submarine, but before they before they killed the submarine, the submarine was able to sh- shoot out four nuclear torpedoes. <laughs> oh yeah, straight up. <laughs> And uh, everybody dies. And everyone's like, maybe we'll survive. And then the film of the actual film melts. dissolves. Yeah. <laughs> to indicate that everyone on that boat died. Now, of course, they named this the Bedford incident, uh, which seems like a little bit of an underplay of exactly what happened. Maybe the Bedford mm-hmm. disaster?
0: Bedford massacre?
1: Bedford tragedy?
2: Know. Yeah. Oh, there, no, it's there. just an incident. Don't worry about that's it. It's just uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Incident on> contact. <laughs> yeah. That'd
0: be a good movie name
2: incidental contact yeah. yeah i don't know what it would be about
0: incidental contact
2: oh that seems strange it just depends why you, on how you, you say why you, it why do you look at me like that when you said that <laughs> why did i brush your leg yeah incidental contact i'm right? ooh, 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 <laughs> anyways i thought we'd get to the end of our little timer by uh, those jokes and jokes no nope, man we are wow one minute 42 seconds ahead of time wow you guys are so lucky tonight I know. And considering Hunter Killer, how far, how long did we recap that one? A long time. I
0: think it was like 45
2: minutes. You 40 could literally minutes.
0: sit down and watch that movie in the time we recapped it.
2: Probably. Anyways. Yeah. That's it, man. I'm very interested to know what you guys thought of this film. Who wants to go first? I do not want to go first.
1: All right. I can do
2: it. a whole classic.
1: Uh, so crux of this film is the the titular incident at the end of the film Use titular correctly this week Mm uh and i have to say it was kind of humorous uh how it occurred in the movie as uh jamie alluded to i can't imagine that's how uh firing a nuclear warhead would actually uh look i can't imagine it being one young 20 year old kid flipping a switch but uh, that's what happens in this movie. And uh, so silly. Uh, uh, Widmark's character says, if they fire one, I'll fire one. Fire one! And off goes the <laughs> missile. Uh it was so funny, in fact, to me, that I had to show it to my coworkers. Uh, I thought it was... <laughs> and they were
2: like, why are you showing this to me?
1: <laughs> I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. It was a very unique uh, narrative structure to... Uh, Build build up to this point in the movie, uh, and and ultimately this this is our climax in the film, and it like occurs like you're like climbing, climbing, climbing. Holy shit! As everybody literally dying. Yep, and the movie's over. No. and there's like very, no very Das Booty. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's well, I mean Das Boot had action and and like well I'm climaxes. saying at the end where you're like, oh, yeah.
2: hooray, everyone's good, and then everyone just dies.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, end, like, oh, the ending was abrupt that. for sure in Das Boot, but this was like, this was the climax of the film. Like, this is what everything built up to, and it just cuts, and- uh, Thought it was uh, u- unique in that regard. It was obviously unique in the other regard that we are on a destroyer. We haven't watched many films where we're on a destroyer. And watching from that perspective, there have been one or two. But uh, not not very much sub uh, action, which is no. obviously what really factors into our ratings and really our enjoyment level as well. If we yeah. all really like to, you know. Uh, get in some sub action and all of our sub tropes that we're used to seeing nowadays well there was not really any of that in this movie the acting was great the directing was great uh, cinematography was great Um, good in those regards not overall I, i didn't feel it was a great movie and it definitely wasn't a great submarine movie i'm gonna give it a five and a half
2: wow all right do you want me to go next if you want, man. So I'm going to go a little bit higher, just, just in the sense that I did enjoy this film. And I think the acting is excellent. Just like top-notch stuff. Uh, I actually don't know the main character from a lot of stuff. I haven't seen him in a lot. Or maybe I have, and I just didn't recognize him. Woodmark? Yeah, Woodmark. I know I read that he he mostly played villains over time, but- uh, I couldn't see you know, that. This one, <laughs> this one, obviously, this one, he was obviously the hero, but... Um, <laughs> well, duh. Well, he took out that I feel that like he could have been the noise.
1: Joker or something. Yeah. Like, I, yeah no,
2: that'd be pretty good. And he did He did have a very distinctive face. I actually... Yeah, I, I just... I, I think it is a... He. He's a very interesting actor in particular. Uh, Sidney Poitier, I've n- actually never seen a film with Sidney Poitier. He's obviously one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. So, seeing him in action, it was pretty uh, interesting to see this. I don't... I mean, I don't think anyone would say this is his, finest role or best performance or anything like that, but it was it was fun to see all those acting performances. It definitely suffered from a lack of submarine action for this one. Just just being able to see any of the submarine at all, it didn't surface even once totally. It only got its snorkel up a couple of times and periscope right. a couple times. What a little tease. Yeah. so I think I would have given it a much higher if instead of being on a destroyer, they were on another submarine hunting an, uh, a, a Soviet submarine. Um, but instead, I'm going to come in See, it's hard to give it anything lower than like a seven because I did think the acting was just like top-notch. And I I did think the the directing was interesting, especially since given that it was black and white and stuff, I'd originally thought this film was from 1950. When I started watching, I was like, oh, it's a 50s film. Then I was watching, I was like, wait a second. Like, if this is a 50s film, they're blowing shit out of the water. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. Then I saw it I was 60s, like, oh, this would have been right around, probably right around Dr. Strangelove, which has a similar kind of – I mean, that one's a lot funnier, but kind of a similar – uh, kind of step up in the level of, like, directing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll give it a seven. Seven? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I
0: obviously would have liked to see more sub. I was very disappointed that we never even saw it surface. Not I one, so. I like the uh, aspect of the enemy below, you know, where we got to see both sides. Yeah, I thought good. that could have been fun. But do we see that so much? Uh, this was interesting just to see the side of the Destroyer. Captain, when I was first watching it, you could tell his acting was so good because I didn't like him were, at so, all. you such a dick, right? You're, yeah, I was like, this dick. is an
2: unlikable character. No, a, same thing happened when I was watching Ben-Hur, where there's this guy who I think is fairly well regarded, but not necessarily regarded as like one of the greatest actors of all time. Mm-hmm. And you just see him on screen, and you're just like, I want you to fucking die. I want you to die. I want to see you die on screen. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow, he's really good. Cause that's I, all you I want him to get. I want him to get killed so badly. I felt that way in an uh
0: yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. Sure. I was like, this guy. Yeah. I mean, granted, I was only a little kid. Right. I was like, <laughs> you die. You die now. Yeah. Uh, Wait, anyway. Like that <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's how I talked as a little kid. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. Uh So... Sidney Portier, he was great. I hadn't seen him in anything, and I kind of think when I was watching him, I wouldn't be too shocked if like Denzel Washington took some of his mannerisms and stuff from him, because they were both... I mean, they're both phenomenal. Yeah. And so, I know some of the things he was doing, is was like, ah, he reminds me of Denzel quite a bit.
1: Hmm. Uh yeah, a little bit like in his cadence and how he talks. And-
0: yep. Hmm. But... We're here for subs. We're not getting subs. Mm-mm. I enjoyed it.
2: Six yeah, point I, two five? Yeah, I feel like I should have maybe went down to six. Like, yeah, it's I funny because if it if it was just a how much did you like this movie, I actually probably would have been like eight and a half. Because like I really enjoyed. it. It's enjoyable. Right. But for in terms of submarines, no, nah, I had to bring it back down. Yeah. It, it goes down to that kind of like yeah. seven. Yeah. Get some stuff. We
0: if man, eight if there was more sub, it'd have been good. What a to stuff! All Even right. just a cut over, yeah. To the Russians, arm the thermonuclear device. <laughs>
2: like, oh, here we go. Oh, well, weird. How do we <laughs> it's end up the only only scene we get from them the entire movie? All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to do a little trivia for us. Uh, Sidney Poitier interrupted weekly psychiatrist visits in order to fly to the UK and film this. Now, why was he? Seeing a psychiatrist? Oh,
0: that tell us.
2: Because he had just won an Oscar for Best Actor the year before. In Lilies in the Field. Lilies right? of the Field. And he was trying to deal with his rising fame. Now, the funny enough, and just to mention this is kind of adjacent to this, but Lilies of the Field, they made a TV movie sequel to Lilies of the Field. Do you know who starred in the in Sidney Portier's role for the sequel to Lilies of the Field? No. If you could think of a black actor we've seen in another submarine film.
1: Denzel jim brown. washington what's that jim brown
2: nope you missed them both steel sharks billy d williams baby really oh yeah <laughs> no way uh-huh. started billy d williams anyways um it was kind of famous in the end uh, or, or not really famous but like this role was one where it wasn't it wasn't written for a african-american actor or anything like that yeah um and as said by uh portier himself um It was not specifically written for a black actor. That happened to the good graces of Mike Frankovit, who was the head of Columbia Pictures. Uh, He was determined to help bring around reasonable representation of America's minorities on the motion picture screen. With James Harris, who was the director, uh, feeling the same way, there was no hesitation between them over my being hired to play the newspaper correspondent aboard the Navy submarine destroyer, the Bedford. The reins of a major studio were seldom to be found in the hands of men with such sense of fair play. That action by Frankovit... Frankovich and Harris again allowed America to see a black actor in a part that obviously could have been played by anybody. And at the same time, uh, it caused people in the industry to ponder the nature of the move, some to raise their eyebrows in disapproval, others to vigorously applaud it as a step long overdue. So this was kind of one of those things that like maybe more significant in itself was that than the film in the end actually having impact on culture because I don't think it's necessarily a super well-known film. No. Um, you know, even on IMDb, it's only got like 4,000 votes or something like that.
1: So, yeah.
2: Not super worth Uh It was based on the Bedford Incident by uh, Mark Raskovich. Um, I didn't read that book. I, I sometimes try to read books that these are based on um, because I'm a nerd. I'm in the middle of a 14-book fantasy series. So wow. Sorry, sorry guys. Um, <clears throat> it's often overshadowed by the more famous nuclear disaster films, Dr. Strangelove and Failsafe, which were both released the year before. 1964. Okay. This is all filmed in the UK on British ships. People with knowledge of the difference between US and UK ships and weapons, it's easily identifiable as a British ship. As the actions of the captain become more obsessive, Munsford tells him you are not chasing whales. This is a reference to Captain Ahab, the single-minded whaling captain in Moby Dick, uh, which uh, obsession leads to the destruction of his crew. Uh, Spoiler alert. For all those who have been waiting to read Moby Dick, sorry, <gasps> Jamie, yeah, sorry. how could you do that? Sorry about that.
1: that, was a literary uh, classic, Jamie. I know you I just ruined it, it. it for people.
2: Uh, Sidney Portier and Richard Widmark also appeared in two other films together: No Way Out, 1950, and The Long Ships, 1964. Funny enough, I did read the book, The Long Ships. Did you? Is based on yeah, a classic. Uh, the tagline on the poster was, it's not an incident, it's the works, which is straight bonkers. I don't know what that means. Wait, that's that's not the poster. Yeah, it's not an it's incident. It's the works. It's the works. I don't get it. I don't get it either. No one gets it. No one can get it. Scientists contend we mean it.
0: We know, no know what we it. need to ask. We need to ask uh, our parents, you know, who are alive during this time. It's the works. If we we're like, if it's the works, they'd be like, oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes. it's the works. They're talking
2: about the Bedford incident. Yeah, <laughs> obviously the works. <laughs> All right. James Mason was attached to Star, but didn't end, that didn't end up happening. So James Mason, of course, we know. Submarine Dream happened in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, where he played Captain Nemo. No big deal. Ooh. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. And then Woody Allen was offered a role in this film. Can you guess which one? Sonar Tech? Yeah. Oh, uh, weird. How'd you guess that one?
0: Is it really? Yeah. Because that guy reminded me of, if you say, put Woody Allen in this movie, that's
2: the only guy I could put him as. Right. Um. And so, uh, so, he ended up turning it down, obviously, since he wasn't in the film. But using Woody Allen, which of these actors from Woody Allen films would have done well in the Bedford incident? Okay. I so, already got one in mind. So, Brahm, are you there? Are you ready for this? I'm here, yeah. Okay. Uh, Diane Keaton. I feel like she actually would have been done done well as a the newspaper correspondent, right? Lady Probably. on board. Yeah. Uh, what about Tokyo Rose? Oh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Tokyo oh. Rose, good one, good one. Or we could have always, you know, we've seen lady doctors hop on board the subs. That's true. She could have been the doctor. They would have been. Get out of here, doctor. We don't want yeah. you to make. Do you know what these these people? The tension's so high in here because they don't have ladies, like or do they? You. <laughs>
1: uh, what about Jack? Are Golden? you offering, Miss? <laughs>
2: That's what the captain Jeff Goldblum who had a very small bit role in Annie Hall where he forgot his mantra. He was on the phone he goes, I forgot my mantra. Good lord.
0: I yeah. love Jeff Goldblum.
2: Uh, I just watched him in a film. Do you ever seen Death Wish, the original Death Wish from 1974? No, see in With that Charles Bronson. Yeah, he was he's the hoodlum who like kills uh Charles Bronson's wife. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. And rapes
0: his daughter. Oh, Jeff.
2: It, it ain't great. Yeah. Come
0: on, dude uh jeff goldblum he's oh man he's always so
2: like funny but he doesn't mean funny. to be as a hoodlum he was not in no. no 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 oh, okay not funny
0: i just think about him in jurassic park or uh, he could have been everything. a
1: doctor he
2: would have been a good doctor
1: he could have yeah. also
0: been one of the scientists. i would have liked him doing the you know the isometrics <laughs> jeff goldblum oh that would have been chair. good yeah
2: yeah that would have been good I good bet he call, could. Have, i bet he could have pulled off the german u-boat captain too
0: but you think so? Anyways.
2: what about Owen Wilson? Wow, 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 wow,
0: wow, wow. I'd put Owen Wilson as the correspondent.
2: Really? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's the sonar guy. He's mostly, what? He's mostly seen. He's got such a distinctive voice. He's mostly heard through his voice. He'd be like the submarines. Well, I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do an Owen Wilson impression. But Other you than can why? It. try it anyway. I can't. I just did. It was terrible. Uh what about Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds is the captain. Yeah. Straight up. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Oh god. That mustache. Mm. What about uh Ed Harris? He actually played the main character in Annie Hall. Um, but it was all done using like Eddie Murphy type Norbit style full body makeup. Yeah. Yeah. To play Woody Allen in <laughs> Annie Hall. So it was amazing. That's why it, that's why it won best makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar. Uh, well
1: uh he's definitely
2: our captain you think so because then he's a bad guy but he has played bad really intense bad guys Mm -hmm. is kind of his wheelhouse he would have done kind of those bad guys those bad guys where you're like you know what i actually do want him to nuke the sub. actually i do want him to start a nuclear war because i believe in him yeah i believe in everything he's doing
1: yeah he would have been great as a captain
2: um so, and do you think there's anyone in particular who you would have thought would have like been particularly well suited for someone like City Portier's role or the captain's role outside of those like ones that I've mentioned? Some, some new tandem that you'd be like, yes, that's what I'm interested in seeing. For the, <laughs> for the sonar tech, I was. No, I'm not thinking sonar tech. I'm saying captain. Yeah. And the, but but, but hear me out hear, yeah. me out. hear me out. Rick Moranis. Nice. But he's retired from acting. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but not at this time. He's what about probably Zach? a little baby what, at what this time. What about Zach Galifianakis. As the captain. <laughs> no, no, no. As the sonar tech. See this is where we all screwed it up. Yeah. I'm saying for but yeah, the the photojournalist and the correspondent and the captain. So anyone who you're like, oh, that's that'd be good. I mean obviously I think it's the, the main touch. one would be The Rock and um Kevin Hart. Duh. That'd but be a funny. Uh, what about uh, dynamic? Besides that?
0: Yeah. Kevin Hart be the captain? If they if, yeah, fire one, one, I fire one.
2: <laughs> 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 uh oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the rocks just over he's the guy fire
2: one Yeah. anyways um i can do a phantom zone
1: engage the phantom
2: phantom's engaged sir i could have done it really easy with donald sutherland because he's in beer fest and i've done that one a oh, bunch yeah I did want to mix it up. Uh, I actually <laughs> forgot to even write in the actors for this. I have just like placeholders for this. So I actually don't know who this is. Wow. This, this connects to Hell in uh, High Water uh, through the main – through the captain. So sorry. Okay. This, is through, this is through Captain Finlander. He was in Hell in High Water. I can't remember who was in that and Operation Petticoat, but there was an actor who was in both of those uh, in Operation Petticoat. And we've obviously used that to wild success and acclaim. Um, in fact, I don't know if you know this, but for my Phantom Zone, for – um, Operation Petticoat. Yeah, yeah. I won the Peabody Award. Oh, in wow. In 2018, yeah, the best thing in general, 2018. And then I, I won also a MacArthur Genius Award, or Genius uh, uh, Grant Fellowship. So That's I've amazing. been given five hundred thousand dollars to uh, study how movies are connected by submarine actors. Wow, it's incredible. Yep. And I'll be spending that in uh, Saint Petersburg, Florida, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah.
0: Great. Congratulations to me. Yeah, way to go! Congrats, Jamie. Yep, the brain. All right, it's time for some subs worldwide. It's it's sub sub subs. Sub world world, 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 world wide, 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 wide wide wide. So, it's Cold War movie month, is it? Oh, it is because it's cold outside.
2: The weather outside is frightful. Oh, so and the fire is so delightful.
0: There you go. Oh. That's what I was waiting for.
2: Anyways, so I did a.
0: United States Cold War submarine. Ooh. The US James Madison class. Oh, I um, thought you were going. I thought you were going there. Okay.
2: James Madison, that's fine. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Anyway, I don't know where uh, <laughs> to, my, to my name. Oh, okay. When when I have my own class of submarine. Oh, that'll be great! After you, I mean, after you conduct the study, you're going to get your own probably. So these subs were identical to the Lafayette class submarine, except wait. Oh, <laughs> I know. I oh, know, it sounds weird, right? Uh, they were made to carry the Polaris A three missile, a solid fueled nuclear armed submarine launched ballistic missile. Can I ask a question, real quick? Yeah. Uh, yes, you right there right oh, across sorry, from me. Yeah, I had my hand raised.
2: Um, so. Does that mean the Lafayette, so it's identical, but the Lafayette did not carry any blo- uh, nuclear missiles? It did
0: not carry these Polaris A-3s. But just those specific nuclear missiles?
2: No. Uh, or did they, did they carry other nuclear missiles?
0: Jamie, this is a question for off the air. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the US Navy's first SLBMs, which were in use from 1961 to 1996. Ooh. We were all live while these things were out sailing around. It's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Like forty years, so like oh, we still launch these, years. yeah, so they were specially designed to hold the the Polaris a three so these missiles thirty five seven thirty five thousand seven hundred pounds thirty two feet four inches tall, uh let's see, four foot six in diameter,
2: <laughs> wait what and they That's had, taller than me,
0: yeah, <laughs> four foot six, yeah. And they had three thermonuclear warheads. They had a range of 2,500
2: nautical miles. And how fast do you think they could fly? Um, I'm going to grossly overestimate. They could fly 700 miles per hour.
1: All right, Brom. I will say 225.
0: 8,000 miles (laughs) an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I was like,
1: what?
2: That is unreal. That sounds like they almost didn't know how fast. Yeah, to uh, how's They're it like, go? How fast does it fly? I don't. know. It's like eight thousand miles an hour miles or something.
0: Hour, right. All right. So, anyways, the specs of the sub: uh, it's four hundred twenty-five foot long, has one nuclear pressurized water reactor, has two steam turbines that generate fifteen thousand horsepower. Can cruise along on the surface at sixteen knots. Submerged, it can mosey along at twenty-one knots. Mm. Test depth, this baby will go all the way down to 1,300 feet. It held 14 officers and 126 men. Mm. Again, the weapons, it had, it could hold 16 of those Polaris A3s.
2: Whoa, what? So again, when would you need 16 of those things?
0: I don't, they're over 35,000 pounds. You can hold 16 of them. It could crush the entire crew, all of those. It's amazing. Uh, it also had four torpedo tubes, uh, the 21 inches that held uh, 12 torpedoes. Hmm. Ten of these were built. One has been preserved as a training vessel. Oh, no. Okay. I thought I,
2: you, know. I thought it was going to be one we could tour. I'd be like, wait, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And the one
0: they preserved is the Sam Rayburn, which is SSN eh, SSBN 635. I
2: love Sam Rayburn.
0: And you just got to wonder Boom. till how long is it going to be till they end up blowing that thing up in some kind of training exercise. Seems to be the way it all goes. Yeah. Same, I love Sam Rayburn's work. Yeah. He's just great. He's a Wonderful. great actor. Right? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Anyways. All right. Brom, you got something
2: fun for us tonight? Oh, yeah. You got Uh, any sweet, sweet succulent Brom facts
1: over there? uh, I do got one uh, Brom fact. The role (laughs) Ben Munsford, played by Sidney Poitier, was uh, originally intended for Denzel Washington, which you guys uh, alluded to and didn't even know, but uh, they decided against it because he was 11.
2: Oh, that's true. (laughs) That makes sense. It would have been tough. Yeah. It would have been progressive. Did, did I think really, the problem, the real problem, was the hours, right? Because for kids, you can't record like a full, uh, you can't, yeah, you can't film a whole day. Yeah, with child labor laws and all right, that. Exactly. Right. So they had to, they had to go Sydney Poitier. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Give it to me. But tonight I do have a countdown for us. Uh we witnessed the Bedford incident, a mm-hmm. real royal blunder, if you will. I have the top 5 worst blunders in military history. Oh, here we go. And this is this is a definitive list. I am a um uh, a journeyman uh historian. I I've traveled the globe, I've studied at many many a university, and uh, I know just about everything there is to know about world history. So this is a definitive list. Uh, I did not forget anything. Absolutely impossible that I'm missing anything here. That's true. Yeah. Number five, called this one Hannibal's Avalanche. In 218 BC, the legendary Carthaginian general Hannibal led a massive army through the Alps en route to invading the Roman Empire. To prove to his troops that the chosen path was safe, he took his cane and stabbed it into some ice. Very Moses-esque. However, this sparked a massive avalanche that killed 18,000 of his men and 2,000 horses. (laughs) Oh, my word. That's unreal. 18,000 people. 18,000. He only had uh, 38,000 in his employ. Uh, Jamie has his hand up. Yes, Jamie.
2: Um, so, Brahm, I just want to make sure, just clarify for uh, mostly the listeners, because I'm totally, I like, got a, a big brain and I definitely know the answer to this, but uh, these are real facts. These are 100% real facts. Yes. Okay, because you just confused me with a brom fact. (laughs) Okay, and then you came in with these facts, and like, wait, this (laughs) sounds like it could be real, and I'm going to be confused. This is the listeners, I mean, uh, because I got a big brain. Don't worry about it.
1: This is a real fact. Okay. Uh, Number four. uh, uh, This is probably the most uh, um, best well known, um, very well known blunder here. Stonewall Jackson. Ah, yes. While doing. Gods and and generals. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. While doing reconnaissance during a law in the action at the Battle of Chancellorsville in 1863, one of his fellow Confederates fired on him, believing he was a Union spy. He was struck in the arm, which had to be amputated, and died from complications of pneumonia a few days later. And the South lost one of its most decorated generals. If anyone wants to watch a
2: four hour. Movie about this incident. Uh, Gods God's and Generals is the uh, best four hour movie about this. (laughs) Great. Yeah. That's what I
0: was looking for. You don't want to get like an hour and a half or even a little blip like Brahm just gave us? I could let you borrow
2: the director's cut. No. Full length. (laughs) Great. There's shorter versions, but you want that full. Stephen Lang plays, uh, you know, that famous actor plays uh, Stonewall Jackson. You just want to get all your Stephen
1: Lang you can get. We'll do that. Obviously. uh, We'll do that in episode 40 of uh, season 18 uh, Civil War movies.
2: That'd be great. I love Civil (laughs) War movies.
1: Oh, man. Number three, code word Tootsie Roll. During the Korean War, 15,000 U.S. Marines were holed up in the Sub-Zero Mountains of North Korea. When over 120,000 Chinese troops began their approach on the Marines, a call-out was made for Tootsie Rolls, the code for artillery shells. To the dismay of the Marines, the call was taken literally, and crate upon crate of Tootsie Roll candies were airdropped on the soldiers. Not to be... That's... that's Uh, for real? 100% for real, but don't be disappointed, guys. Our, our boys over there overseas fighting for America, they ended up using the Tootsie Rolls as rations and managed to survive the Chinese and the negative 30-degree temperatures.
2: Oh, my word.
1: Blessing yeah. in disguise. It's
2: a little-known fact about Tootsie Rolls. By eating them, it actually brings your core temperature up to uh, 108 degrees. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they could sit there and melt the snow around them. Well, that's, and why, drink. They're shaped, that's why they're shaped like logs, because it's like throwing logs into a fire. That's why oh, they're shaped like logs. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Incredible. It's all real facts. Number two the Battle of Karen Sibis. During the Austro-Turkish War in the late 1700s, 100,000 Austrians set up camp around the city of Karinsebas. In the deep of night, they sent out a small scouting team to prevent Ottomans from sneaking up on the army as they slumbered. The scouts Mm. instead found a traveling merchant with a wagon load of schnapps, which they purchased and began drinking on the road. After a After a while, a second Austrian army arrived, approached the scouts, and demanded some of the libations. A skirmish ensued, and a shot was fired. The main campsite heard and began screaming that this was a Turkish invasion. The scouts and the new army tried to return to camp to assist but were believed to be the Turks. A full-scale battle of Austria versus Austria ensued, and both groups ultimately retreated from the city. Two days later, the real Ottoman army arrived to find dead Austrians strewn about and captured the city. Reports of friendly fire deaths range from anywhere between 500 to 10,000. my God.
0: That's wildly different.
1: Very wildly different. Um... One guy, I guess, came out of the woodwork and said 10,000 died, and uh, a lot of people have been reporting that number for many years now, but uh, I guess citation needed on that 10,000.
0: That's crazy. All right, so you have an army of 100,000 people. Is that what you said? 100,000, yes. It's
2: a 1700s. And like, remember, this nobody's going to,
0: how is anybody going to sneak up on you? You have 100,000 people. It's a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's I not, know. Not a know. small you amount. Got the, you got the whole of the Ottoman Empire coming though, and they uh, ultimately, in yep. the confusion, they don't know what's going on, so they just say "fuck it" and they flee, and but then the, the Ottomans the just Ottoman, roll right in and take the city.
2: Yeah, the population of the Ottoman Empire was what, like you know, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, something like that.
1: I do not know. I'm oh joking, wait, yes, I do. I, I just refuse long. to answer. I'm a I'm a well versed historian. I just refuse to answer your question, Jamie. I see. Because it is... Uh, <laughs> Look it up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, probably had a huge, huge population. but Number one. You guys are going to love this one. It's, it's my favorite one, and it just happens to be subs. Schlitz Schitz. Captain Carl oh. Adolf Schlitt. Have you guys heard this one? I have not. Carl, Carl Adolf Schlitt, captain of the German sub U12... U-1206 took it out for its maiden voyage in 1945. After he took his first shit at sea, he asked an engineer for helping to flush uh, his uh, his defecate here in the toilet. His stool. His stool. He, he, he hit the head and uh, needed some help flushing, but the duo accidentally turned the wrong valve and released sewage into the bathroom compartment, which sept through the floor and into the sub's batteries. This produced a, potential, a potent chemical reaction that generated chlorine gas. The crew had to evacuate in an emergency scenario, and the submarine sank. They were picked up and imprisoned by the Scottish military
0: oh my word there should
2: really be a movie made about that one
1: yeah
0: with the with the title you gave it the Hedford
1: incident <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh. the Hedford, there we go nice i like schlitz shits though that's pretty that's pretty catchy <laughs> <laughs> that guys is my top five worst blunders in military history
2: see that's great because it's not like the classics right you're not saying like Oh, Waterloo, right? He totally like <laughs> lost, right? It's like, no, no this was definitive. Not, that's not a military blunder. A military blunder is someone sticking a cane in some snow and crushing half his army. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a little bit of a blunder. <laughs> or Kyle's future blunder that he has in our submarine. Yeah. Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Or the blunder that they had in Black Sea, kind of, right? That one? Oh, yeah. That was a blunder, right? I think so. We've actually seen a number of blunders in our mm-hmm. films. And you know where it all stems from? Obsession And hubris Yes Ubris Ubris hubris. Vitriol Oh Well that's different Oh okay What is going Pride. on? Pride Pride Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> Alright Where is this going? S- what is going on? S- Sensibility And
1: smash cut <laughs>
2: thanks for listening to submersion find us on soundcloud and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter can't get enough of us
0: don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every thursday and if you like what you heard please go ahead and give us a rating Wait, do you have the
2: sound effects and everything?
0: All yeah, set on my go. phone.
2: Is it all set to go?
0: No. Do a good Same call. I'm this, totally throwing like I'm not in you know my dojo as I call it. So yeah.
2: it's gonna be funny when my wife comes home and she like comes down. I was like, oh, what are you guys doing down here?
1: Sounds like a lot of the That's characters that you. About. Oh,
2: did you have a? Did you have a new thing for the Cold,
1: Cold War? War.
0: Oh
2: no. When the weather outside is frightful, <laughs> all right, you're gonna do that.
1: <laughs> cold war. Never meant to be so cold. Never meant to be what I really meant to say. That's
2: that's it right there. <laughs> oh shoot, I forgot
1: we we're recording. That's definitely gonna be in the episode.